It's Tuesday. It is. Woo-hoo. September the 5th. Ooh. Year of our Lord. 2023. And this is Daybreak. With us. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> it's time to lift our hearts to Jesus. It's time to break some holy bread. Grab your coffee and your Bible.
Well, that was a oldie but a goodie. Just at the last moment. You are thankful. I am thankful. You are thankful. Would you be thankful? I'm thankful. <laughs> One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Well, I hope you had a great weekend. Did try to go live from Providence on Sunday with this iPhone 11, but I noticed that the sound was just terrible on it. I'm probably just going to delete it. Uh, can't hear anything. Yeah, one day. The thing is, is, um, you know, on our Saturday, our Saturday gatherings, just often we are outside. And when we're outside or in the parks, I mean, there's no way to go live. And so, uh, but love you guys. You know, we do have Tuesday through Friday together. <laughs> so we are in the book of Proverbs. We are in chapter 19. We uh, got to verse seven last week, seven. And uh, so we'll start this morning with verse eight. Thank you for being here. I'm, I'm glad that you missed, uh, missed us. I'm not glad that you missed us, but I'm glad that you missed us. Right. Y'all understand that? That makes sense? All right. So let's just say, Lord, in the name of Yeshua, Jesus, please be with us as we study your word. Let something good come out of this morning. Uh, guide our tongue, guide our mind in Jesus, Yeshua's holy, precious name. Amen. All right. So 19.8, 19.8. Let me jump over here to captions. Let's see. Pull this down. Here we go. There's eight right there. 19.8 says, He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will find good. Uh, soul here is just means the center of who you really are. Who you are in this proverb, in this text. The, the real you. Uh, now we know that, that we are three parts spirit, soul, and body. We know that through scripture in the New Testament. But here in Proverbs, soul is just talking about the, the, the center being of who you are and how whoever gets wisdom loves his own soul. In other words, it's, it's great. It's good for you to increase in wisdom and to keep understanding, the keeping understanding Notice that word keep. Uh, you can lose understanding, right? But so not only do we get wisdom, but we want to keep that understanding as well. And it's very good for us and it's good for our soul. And if we love our soul, we will strive for wisdom. We will be ever learning and trying to uh, have more wisdom and more understanding, uh, understand situations better and better as best we can. Amen. Mm -hmm. All right. Next is number nine. So Proverbs 19, 9. A false witness will not go unpunished. He who speaks lies shall perish. Now you probably will remember this, but this is a repeat. If you look back at number five, 
19.5, it says a false witness will not go unpunished. A false witness will not go unpunished. Exactly the same. Uh, number in uh, Verse 5, it says, he who speaks lies will not escape. And in 9, it says, he who speaks lies shall perish. So this is a theme that Solomon thinks it's wise to say over and over. Why do you think that is? Do you think that's probably because there's people lying? <laughs> and he needs to remind people? But a false witness speaks of more than just telling a field. A false witness is looking toward, leaning towards, like a court of law in a justice system. You don't have any kind of justice system if you have false witnesses. But when I read this this morning, I immediately thought of a story that I thought we would talk about just a little bit about false witnesses. And it's Ahab and Jezebel. The story is found in 1 Kings 21. I'm not going to read it all, but I just want to talk about it a little bit. And, and you can go back and read it if you'd like to read the whole story. And in the story, it's a true story, by the way. Ahab is the king. He's got a neighbor named Naboth. Naboth has a vineyard, and Ahab wants it. And Ahab goes to Naboth, and he says, Now, Ahab's king. He is king. He goes to his neighbor and says, "I want I, Give me your vineyard. I want to make it into a garden for myself. And I'll give you another, another plot of land that's even better, or I'll pay you money. You just name your price, basically. Naboth says, I'm not selling you my land. This is the inheritance for my kids. You're not getting the inheritance. No, I'm not selling it to you. Then Ahab goes home sulking and like a little kid. Yeah, crying. And he goes in to his wife, his wife, Queen Jezebel. Now, she's a Phoenician. Uh, and she comes from some really pagan, awful rituals. But anyway, Jezebel She's like, what's wrong with you, husband? And he just goes in, just lays on his bed, and he turns his face to the wall, and he's just like... And she says, what's wrong? He said, well, I went and told Naboth I wanted his vineyard, and he won't give it to me. And she says, you're the king of Israel. Hey, I'll take care of this. I'll get this for you. Don't you worry about a thing. So Jezebel then, she contacts... She writes letters and she signs them with Ahab's ring and she tells them, make a big feast for Naboth and get some worthless fellows, some sorry people, and have them bear false witness against Naboth and say that he blasphemed the king. Well, they do it. And they set these false witnesses in place and they accuse Naboth of blaspheming the king and they drag him out and stone him to death. They kill him. They get word to Jezebel and she goes, she says, okay, king, go get your vineyard. Naboth is dead. Of course, Ahab's kind of happy and he's revived right now. But here's the problem. This is in the days of Elijah. And God sends Elijah the prophet to Naboth. And basically, Elijah's like, you Ahab. sorry dog. <laughs> he's like, Ahab, yeah. He's to Ahab, yeah. He's like, everything, everything that God hates you do. <laughs> everything that God despises you do as a king. 
And then he prophesies to him. He says, I'll tell you what's going to happen. You know where Naboth's blood was spilled? They're going to, dogs are going to lick your blood from there. And you know your wife, Jezebel, dogs are going to eat her. False witness will not go unpunished. <laughs> sometimes in the law of the land, sometimes the land gets wicked enough with wicked rulers, both male and female, that just think they can spin their little web and work their magic and do anything they want to do. But nothing gets by God. God will have the last say. And you know, Jezebel, the very name Jezebel, who did this and set up the false witnesses, her name becomes a slang word for evil. Right? In the book of uh, Revelation, when <laughs> the Lord is writing letters to the church, He said, you suffer that woman Jezebel who seduces my servants, right? So it becomes a bad, bad word, a bad, bad name. I mean, nobody, yeah, you don't hear nobody names their girl Jezebel, do they? What are you going to call your daughter? I think I'll name her Jezebel. No. Delilah. Delilah. Yeah. Well, I've, I've seen some Delilahs. I've heard some Delilahs. Uh, but not a Jezebel. I mean, that, that would just be silly. I wouldn't do it. Amen. So that's First Kings. And, and just remember, uh, going back to verse 9, I'm just telling a little story. I encourage you to read it. You know, maybe you've never read that story in the Bible. Just because it was a king and queen of Israel didn't mean they were holy or followed God. There were leaders of Israel that did everything against God. If you could think of what is something God hates, they would do that. Hmm. Sound familiar? Yeah, some current situation. Some current situations? Right. Wickedness in high places. It's there. Uh, but at the end of the book of Revelation also, in, in Revelation chapter 21, verse 8 says, you know that lake of fire? Guess who's going there? All liars. All liars. God's got a prison. He's keeping up with things. And uh, even those that seem to get by with things here will not ultimately get by with anything. I, I say that often, but it's good for us to remember. Amen. Verse 10. Verse 10 says, Luxury is not fitting for a fool, much less for a servant to rule over princes. Now, this is a proverb speaking, of course, in context of the natural life, natural community. Oh, you find a foolish man living in luxury, it's, it's not fitting. The very fact that he's foolish means he won't keep it long. And probably if he's a fool and he's living in luxury, it's because it was left to him by somebody else. It's just not fooding, fitting. Fooding. It's just not fitting. It's not seemingly. It's not natural. It just doesn't happen normally. Or servants ruling over princes. Now, this is, an, this is kind of an odd thing to say, but it's, it's true in Solomon's day. It's the servant's temperament is not, uh, you know, he's not really set to be a ruler, right? And he's just saying it's not fitting for servants to rule over princes. Now, 
probably some of you already thought of this, but Jesus, Yeshua, comes on the scene and kind of turns this proverb up on his head, and he says, you know who's going to be first in the kingdom? The ones who are servants here. So he says, you want to advance here? You be a servant of mankind here, and you are going to advance in the kingdom. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I just read that verse. I think it was Sunday. And um, that same context where Jesus is, is talking about, they had they were arguing about who was greater or whatnot, and he tells them who would be leader among you. should be You should be like the youngest, and the servant, the servant. should be the leader. And then he said, uh, he talks about who's greater, the one who reclines at table or the one who serves. All right. Is it not the one who, who reclines? reclines? Yet I'm among you like a servant, you know, Amen. and then goes on to tell them, at least the apostles, because that's who he's talking to, is that one day they will sit on thrones yes. and judge Israel. So it's very interesting the how how Jesus takes that and he flip-flops. I know, I know. And I want yeah, fishermen can become uh, absolutely. a judge of Israel. And I wanted to bring that out. That, that is flip-flop for you as well. You know, the promise to the church, read the letters to the churches in Revelation and the letters to the seven churches are letters to seven churches, but those seven churches represent all church and all churches. And it's God's word to us that if we're faithful to the end, we will sit on thrones, that we will rule with them. We will rule with them. But Solomon here in this proverb, this is just a wise proverb. He's just speaking, naturally speaking, in the context of his culture that they're living in. You know, the servants, the slaves, it wasn't fitting for them to sit in a rulership position. They wouldn't even know how to rule uh, in that day. And I do love that, how the Lord turns that on his head and says, I want people who learn how to serve first to become the rulers. Well, that's what it's supposed to be in our country, right? We're supposed to be electing our leaders that are leaders from the people. Our government's supposed to be of the people, by the people, for the people, to where you take people who have learned how to serve and love the community and you put them in leadership. The problem is, is once they get in leadership, they change and become career politicians. Nobody was supposed to be career politicians in our culture, was they? Anyway, Levin, we'll move on. Verse 11, the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger, and his glory is to overlook a transgression. Discretion is a quality of character that behaves in a way that doesn't give offense. You know, discretion is having a wise dispensation, a wise quality of character about yourself that you do not needlessly offend people. And that quality that he has, or she has, makes that person slow to anger. They don't get upset quick. They don't fly off the handle. They don't blow up. Blowing up is is really a marker that, that that's really not good, and uh, and I'm saying it as probably one of the hot headest headedest men who God's ever called. He's really tamed me down. He's really tempered me over the years. Right, uh, 
because when I was young, I, I mean, I was a hothead. <laughs> I'd blow up. And I, so I didn't have that good discretion, good disposition. Uh, but I did love to overlook transgressions as well. I, I've always, it's always been easy for me to forgive people. And I think it's because I've always wanted forgiveness myself. <laughs> right? It's been pretty easy for me to forgive. And like I've said many times, the hardest person for me to ever forgive is you're looking at him. That, this is the one that is hard for me to forgive. It's generally pretty easy for me to forgive other people, uh, though sometimes it might take a little time, like it does with all of us. But his glory, the, the person with discretion, uh, it's his glory to overlook a transgression, meaning when you can, you will overlook. You can't overlook everything. That's just a fact. But when it's, when you can, you know, it's good to. Yes, baby. No, I wasn't saying anything. I was like, yes, that's true. Oh, okay. Amen. You're amen. amen. You're amen. Amen. <laughs> verse 12. Uh, verse 12. I think we can get one more in. I thought we'd get to 14. Uh, verse 12. The king's wrath is like the roaring of a lion, but his favor is like dew on the grass. The king's wrath is like the roaring of a lion. Uh, you know, the a lion's roar is frightening. Could you imagine turning turning around and seeing a lion standing there? I the only time I have seen an actual lion is at the zoo, and he's behind a cage. But then I could imagine actually him being in the yard, me being 10, 20 foot from feet from him, and him roaring. How majestic is that roar? Yeah. How awesome is that roar? Amen? And the king's wrath is like that. It's a fearful thing. It brings fear into you, that roar. But then his favor is like the dew on the grass. Dew on the grass was, it's what kept you alive in the Middle East, in Palestine. It's, I mean, the dew on the grass, waking up with all the moisture in the morning is what gave life. It was like a blessing from God. Amen. It didn't rain all the time. Yeah. That dew you had to have. The animals had to have that dew. You had to have it to be able to feed your animals. Amen. All right. So we will start there. Oh, okay. Let's, let's say this. The king's wrath. There is a king who is called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Be sure that you're on the right side when he roars. Amen. And his favor is like the dew on the grass. And his favor is, amen, sister. His name is Yeshua, Jesus. When he roars, man. Praise the Lord. Yeah, thank you, Lord. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay. And let's uh, say the Lord's Prayer. We'll get off here, and I'll see you in the morning. How about it? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right, saints, love you. See you tomorrow.